You are Locked On Browns, your daily Cleveland Browns podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends your daily delivery of all things dog pound. Locked on Browns brought to you by the Locked on Podcast Network. Always great to get further, further in here to camp, and we're going to get to it here. Obviously, the uh, brown-white scrimmage, we'll get to that here. Uh, Today's episode brought to you by the Peacock and Williamson Show, uh, the main NFL flagship show here on the Locked On NFL Network. Uh, Make sure you check out Matt and Brian. As always, guys, do a fantastic job over there. Um, We're going to get into some things here with John Costco today. Like I mentioned, we'll talk about the brown-white scrimmage. But first, uh, we're going to get to, you know, something here. You know, obviously, Tech McKinley's has been a story now for a couple of days. Uh, His absence, and it looks like it's going to be an extended absence. And, you know, the Browns now saying, you know, hopefully, you know, He'll be back by the beginning of the regular season. Uh, John, they put a lot of work into putting in this athletic uh, defensive end rotation that, you know, possesses great foot speed, you know, the ability where, you know, even if quarterbacks were breaking the pocket, uh, a la Lamar Jackson, uh, maybe they had guys who were going to be able to run these guys down. Um, Tack McKinley, maybe we're starting to understand why, you know, he didn't have the success maybe he had in Atlanta, why he bounced around the league like he did last year, you know, on the waiver wire. Um, but this is a tough blow here. They have guys in-house. Obviously, they're hoping they're going to be able to step up here. But this was a player they tried numerous times to get last year, finally got their hands on him. And it's, you know, it's difficult to say, and it's, you know, difficult to comment on these types of things because you don't want to be critical because, you know, if it comes down to something where, you know, whether the guy's mentally right or not, you don't want to be critical of that. But, you know, the Browns with their first, you know, roster questionable issue here so far in the training camp of 2021. Yeah, you know, you have to wonder what, obviously, what's going on. But I'm not going to go into speculating about that. But I think if, you know, they obviously wanted him. They liked him. They've been trying to go after him for a while. They like the talent, the potential that he can bring to the table. Um, but like you, as you said, there's a reason why he's he struggled so far in his career after being, you know, a first round a draft pick, and he just hasn't lived up to that potential. And you know, if he, you know, the Browns, if they're patient, and they can they can wait it out and maybe talk through whatever personal issues he's he has, then you know he can be a productive player for the Browns. I think, though, I, like you said, there are players that they have that can that can step up. You know, who knows what Curtis Weaver is going to look like. Um, and, you know, if he can be that, you know, guy that can step up there and Porter Gustin, we know he's a, he's a solid piece to that rotation that if he needs to, to play, he can play in, in, you know, situations, but right. Like they, they need, they definitely need guys there that can spell Miles Garrett, Jadavian Clowney so that those guys can be healthy throughout the rest of the season and everything like that. So, um, th- this is a blow cause it isn't, it isn't huge depth that they had there. It's on, they have guys that they they like but it's again unknown type of, of talent that they potentially have there you know curtis weaver and others so it's it's a it's a blow but it's not it's not the end of the world and this maybe is somewhere where they could play and you know malik jackson this is a player they brought in you know a lot of people are pegging him for a lot of time you know at defensive tackle he can do other things so there's another option um 
and we'll get to this Garrett Clowney thing because this has just been really, really kind of fun to this point. So we'll get to that here as we cover the brown and white scrimmage. Um, but, John, the, there's a, a dearth of offensive linemen on this team, and there are solid offensive linemen that there's just no way in hell the Browns are going to be able to keep uh, you know, going forward towards the regular season. They just have too many of them. And this is where, you know, maybe somebody isn't necessarily an asset to the Browns here for the 2021 season on the offensive line, but maybe an asset to some other teams. We hear the Miami Dolphins, you know, some rumblings there, the New York Giants, some rumblings on their interior offensive line. But now maybe this is where one of these players who could be the odd man out on the offensive line could be flipped if it doesn't work out with Tech McKinley to bring in yet another pass rusher because you can never have too many of them. That's, I mean, it's a great point. It, they, there's, they have talent on this team that now they can, if they need to do that, they can make those moves. It doesn't have to be just on the offensive line. Um, you know, they, I think they have really good competition that's going on at the wide receiver position now. You talk about it's the just tight sick. Ends. It's just sick. Yeah, it's it's really it's really been impressive to see. You know. I don't, I don't, we don't get to see full full practices and whatnot, but the reports that come out and, and the clips that we do see, you know, the, the wide receiver room is, is really looking strong this year, which is obviously really good. And then you have the tight ends where they obviously like Harrison Bryant. They drafted him. He's, he's probably going to be the team. He's also super cheap, but, and David and Joku and, and might be a trade piece of where, or, or is it Austin Hooper? Cause they have those, those pieces to be able to do it. They have, they have the luxury to be able to, make moves with the guys that they have because they have depth every, essentially everywhere. You don't want to deplete a position um, because I guess, you know, tight end is an important position. You probably don't want to r- maybe risk that, but um, they, they do have some impressive pieces at that wide receiver position. And like you said, offensive line, I, you know, who knows what Chris Hubbard, you know, uh, Nick Harris, he was drafted by the team last year. These guys, all these guys that they have, and James Hudson, I know that they drafted him this year, and they, they probably like him and want to develop him. So they, they have they probably are going to keep him, and they, they have him because of drafting him. They have the ability to to make move one of the guys that are more veteran guys that that teams need for for you know for uh, starting positions. Yeah, I mean Chris Hubbard becomes an interesting piece here because at his age, and you know the Browns are you know, more than happy with what he gave him last year. Um, you know, as he, you know, which was still crazy. I mean, everybody figured he was dead on the road and his time here in Cleveland was going to be over. Um, bit his time, uh, you know, when his opportunity came, whether it was at right guard, whether it was right tackle. And we're to the point now, if the Browns starting five is the number one offensive line in the NFL, it's not hard to believe if you're down 25, 26 through 32, Chris Hubbard could be a starter for your offensive line. It's, it's crazy to think that two, three years ago, it was a great coup to get Chris Hubbard in free agency for the Browns. But here it is a guy, and he's probably made a transition to improve a little bit. I'm sure Bill Callahan has a way to do that there. But it's it, it doesn't look like it'll be a problem. But in the same respect, you look at a guy like this, and you know, at the age he is, you know, would Chris Hubbard rather go play? Week in, week out, be a starter on an offensive line, albeit maybe a team that's not going to be very successful. Yeah, I know that when he, you know, when he was with Pittsburgh Steelers, his best play was when he was a rotational piece and was that six offensive lineman. And when he was the starter for the Cleveland Browns, he wasn't as bad as what it, you know, the public and the you know the fans made it seem like he was. But he didn't he didn't live up to the the billing that 
you know, maybe people thought, oh, he, he was this good as a, as a rotational guy. Imagine how good he could be as a starter. And it did, never really came to fruition. So um, last year he went back into that you know, six, you know, offensive line man guy, and he was much better. He had the highest grade of his career at a 71.9. Nothing spectacular, but that is, that is exactly what you want in your six offensive linemen. So could he be a trade piece in that regard where if the Browns are happy enough with the guys that they have behind him, that they can come in there and fill in for, you know, one of the, if one of these guys gets hurt or just needs a blow or something like that. Yeah. I mean, I, th- I think you would, you would obviously try to move him because he's, he, you know, he would command some type of, you know, decent compensation that you would be looking for because he is that he has a veteran. He, he can, you know, you could plug and play him. So yeah, he is an interesting piece when it comes to that offensive line because he is older um, and you know, the, the youth that the Browns have in, the, in their depth is, is intriguing. Uh, no question about it. And, you know, it, it, and the other thing is if it comes down to, you know, blocking somebody who's younger that the Browns are now invested in, you know, it may be a perfect situation for both teams where you say, look, Chris, you're at that point where, you know, go play, you know, maybe, you know, in two years you can end up being reserved again, but you know, it, it's not the best situation for us to have you blocking maybe a Drew Forbes, maybe a Hudson, uh, you know, uh, you know, of course, Nick Harris players of that ilk, where it, it may be just a better situation for both. If it's it's a parting of the ways, Chris Hubbard gets to go play, and the Browns get to you know play. I mean, keep around cheaper players who they're a little bit more invested in, possibly for the future. We're going to get today's action uh, with John here. Um, it, there's one player we just it, it can't ignore at this point for the camp he's having because for a guy who was a sixth round pick, you know, 14, 15 months ago. He's looking and playing like almost like a wide receiver run one right now. We'll get to that here in a minute with John Costco. Do you know 85% of people who play daily fantasy sports lose? Is it really that surprising? The game is rigged against you. You're playing against thousands of other lineups, not to mention experts who have more tools and more time. You don't stand a chance. Introducing Stat Hero. It's the first ever daily fantasy sports book that puts the player in control and winning within reach. Here's how it works. Stat Hero shows you their lineups and dares you to beat them. It's you versus the house in a head-to-head fantasy matchup. You name your stakes. Winner take all. You have the advantage. Stat Hero is showing you their lineups ahead of time. No one else does that. You are in total control. Stat Hero is DFS the way it was meant to be. One on one. Play Stat Hero now and change the odds. Go to stathero.com slash locked on. Sign up for free. And right now, you can get three times back on your first play. They're giving you a 300% match. That's unheard of. Go to stathero.com slash locked on. Again, stathero.com slash locked on. John, we are at this point now, and it was, you know, first day or two of camp. They're nice stories. You know, this guy does this, this guy does that. But here we are almost a week and a half in. Now, today, you get to a scrimmage. Donovan Peoples Jones, maybe shaking off the Michigan rust that three years of, you know, where he went in as an absolute five star and got caught in and brought down by a program that's just stuck in the mud, so to speak. And maybe they can use some pause attraction for all you, my cousin Vinny fans. Um, but Donovan Peoples-Jones, um, it, it's impressive to see where it's going. 
And I think where I come away with this is just how the Browns are currently operating and how they're handling young players. Obviously not a number one pick like a Jedrick Wills, but younger players, whether it's day two, day three, giving them a little bit of lead and some time to learn things and then hoping that with some success, with limited roles, grows confidence, and then it starts to become you know, uh, you know, almost like a bigger snowball rolling down the hill. Whereas right now, you know, we know Jarvis Landry is here. We know Rashard Higgins is here. We know they drafted Anthony Schwartz. We know what they're doing with Odell Beckham Jr. But Donovan Peoples-Jones right now is kind of putting up a camp where you know, he's got to be in line for, if not, you know, close to what the reps Odell and Jarvis Landry are going to get. Looks like he's definitely at minimum, at worst, third in the pecking order of this wide receiver room right now with what he's been doing thus far. I mean, the reports, all, all the reports and the videos that you see and stuff like that, like, like, you know, I mentioned earlier is everything has been really super positive coming out with, you know, DPJ. So our, the, the thing is, is that how much of it is really like just noise and, and, you know, obviously reporters and fans just kind of be really super excited for the guy um, because, you know, he is a, a wide receiver. He's an absolute specimen and everything like that. But, Really, if he can be the guy that is, is being billed as, you know, in this camp and to really develop into, you know, he was a five-star athlete coming out of in, in high school, which, you know, typically when you see those guys, those guys have t- typically have a trajectory where they are on track to be a top, you know, two-round type guy. And he never got that because he never, you know, really developed at Michigan, didn't have quarterback, real good quarterback play there. Um, and then just from the coaching aspect, it just didn't seem like anything clicked for him. And if they unlock this, if they're able to unlock what he has inside him, because we saw like, you know, from a combine standpoint, what, you know, what he did and he was a, he was a combine stud and everything. And if he can do what, he, what we think he can do based on those numbers. And, and, if, and he carries this, this train camp performance into the season. And he's going to see himself as the number three wide receiver in, on this team. And he can put up some solid numbers in this offense and, and be a real threat. I mean, I think we saw it in flashes last year. Granted, he only had 23 targets and 16 catches, but we saw the flashes. He had sure hands, only dropped one pass, um, and you know didn't fumble. So he was he did what you asked, you wanted to, of a six round rookie to do last year. And if he can grow in that role and you know maybe double double his numbers and stuff like that, you know as the number three receiver, even do more. I mean it's it's a it's a specimen out there that has the speed it's he's the guy that you know you look at the browns offense last year and the issues that it had in in the playoffs where they couldn't separate you know you had obj and if if, you know donovan people's jones really comes into his own and 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 grows and certain is able to to use that speed and acceleration he has to uh, and turn it into separation on in man-to-man routes like you know the sky's the limit for this offense when when you have multiple pieces like that you get in a situation where you could have him and Odell, you keep Jarvis where he's always had his best success within the slot. Jarvis a little bit more slender this year um, should be conducive to a little more cook, uh, a little more quickness, a little more, you know, being able to shake, uh, you know, players in close quarters. Um, and then you get to now the tight ends, Austin Hooper. We're not necessarily seeing, and we've never really seen anything that's warranted the money to this point over a year into it. Nojoku. You know, Harrison Bryant, even Carlson's had his moments. But I think the thing we're taking away from this camp, and this is what we all got so excited with with Baker Mayfield in 2018, 
this is where we all really got excited with Baker towards the end of 2020 is, and John, we've said it a million times, it doesn't matter who you are. If you are open, you better be ready because it's coming your way. And if Baker can just continue this route, and yes, you know, Odell is going to be a part of it. And if he can just stay the course of it is not about the jersey you're wearing. It is not about your, you know, ranking in the positional pecking order. We are going to get someone open on every play. So if you are the guy, and as we always say, heads up, Junior, it's coming your way. Do your best. This is, it just, it just looks so ripe and so there for the taking for number six. Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think if Baker, right, it, it all depends on him growing from what he was able to do basically week seven onward. And then even, even, you know, you go beyond that. Once that Tennessee game, once those, those bad weather games got out of the way, he really took off into a different trajectory. So if he can, he can continue that path the sky's the limit for Baker and, and obviously this offense, because you're right, you know, as he gets more familiar with this offense and, you know, it's been talked about in, at nauseum or whatever, but he's, this is the first year of his career where he's, he's had consistency with the coaching staff and this has gets to have the same playbook two years in a row. And I think what we saw, you know, when Baker has the same playbook two years in a row, we saw that in, in Oklahoma and what type of numbers and what type of offense and, how prolific that, you know, a team he can orchestrate is. So I think if he can, can grow what, what we expect him to grow and he'll be a top five quarterback in the NFL this year. Um, and, you know, obviously that's really good things for the Browns where you can just be, you know, you really thinking about Super Bowl when it comes to the playoffs. And it really, it really is the sky's the limit for Baker Mayfield because really it doesn't, if these guys are growing, you know, if, if, you know, say David and Joku's still, you know, still on the team, they don't trade him or whatever. You got three legit tight ends that you can throw to. If you get Donovan Peoples Jones, it really comes into zone. You're talking about four or five wide receivers now that he, he has an option to throw to. And we all know about the running back. So, and, and with behind the off, you know, number one offensive line in the NFL, it's, it's really, really could be a special year for, for this team if, if everything works out. And for me, this is one I'm going to continue to harp on. You have this amount of skill players. You have Baker Mayfield who wants to play, has always loved to play at a fast pace. You can bring personnel groupings in, in and out quickly. I mean, maybe not traditionally go no huddle, but huddle away where everybody comes on the page, on the field. Everybody knows what's going on the same page. And you can just continue to take your licks as you make this defense or whatever defense you're playing more and more tired. It just gives them the best opportunity for offensive success. We're going to get to a little bit more here. We're going to flip it up to the defensive side of the ball here. It was nice to see some players today like uh, Jeremiah Wusu-Koromoa, um, but we're certainly going to have to talk about this uh, tandem of small forwards that are just kind of wreaking havoc this camp. We're certainly going to get to that a little bit more here. Jeff Lloyd and PFF senior analyst John Costco on your latest Locked On Browns. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. We are not going to talk about the Mets weekend. We will leave that one dead and buried for now. But get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NFL preseason, and all your UFC, MMA action. Before the next pitch, head on over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game 
as MLB, MLB, eh, MLB teams are prepping for their runs to the playoffs. Bet online, your online sports book experts. What is your favorite Bilt Bar flavor? Did you know that Bilt Bar has nine delicious flavors, plus the occasional limited time flavor? When you talk to a Bilt Bar fan, they are certainly passionate about their favorite. If you don't know the Bilt Bar flavor lineup by now, well, you're certainly missing out. Coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, and salted caramel. So there's something for everyone. My favorite flavor, still, mint brownie. It's got the Girl Scout cookie appeal to it. Just so good. If you haven't tried all the flavors, you should get a mix box where you will get two of each of their nine flavors for 18 bars in totals. Not only are Built Bar flavors the best tasting, they are also very healthy too. Most of the flavors have 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, and only 4 grams net carbs. Head on over to BuiltBar.com right now. Use the promo code LOCKED15, all caps, no space, and you'll get 15% off your first order. Again, promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. John, it's been... To this point, everything we hoped it could be. You have two former number one overall picks uh, at a time represented by the same agent. They're very few equals athletically when both are right to each other than Miles Garrett and Jadavian Clowney. And when you see what's been going on in camp to this point and understanding that it's the number one offensive line in the NFL – you keep in mind it's Jedrick Wills who had a promising, uh, promising uh, you know, freshman year in the NFL. It's Jack Conklin who's well established in the NFL. There's just not much time when these guys are on the field, and you know, people who want to downplay some aspects of the Browns' defense and that it's going to take some time. These two guys are of the mindset, are of the athletic ilk are just that special. And it certainly has a anything you can do, I can do better type of vibe. And they've just kind of been having their way to this point and just throw everything out the window, just literally watching it from the football fan inside of any of you. This has the potential to be a really, really special thing this year. Yeah, I mean, we've been saying it all offseason long that the, the, the signing of Jadavian Clowney was huge for the Browns. And uh, it just makes, it just makes miles Garrett's job that much easier because while Jadavian Clowney doesn't have the pass rushing prowess that miles Garrett does, he's still a, a pretty, a force to be reckoned with on that, on the other edge. So you've got to account for him. You can't just, you can't just think that, all right, we got to, we can double and triple team miles Garrett. No, you've got to have some help as well to Jadavian Clowney and you're going to have to pick your poison essentially. And then you would talk about what happens in the middle of that defensive line as well. They got some, you know, Malik reaction is not a, no, no Trump himself. So they the offensive lines have to now be able to block these guys one-on-one um, with minimal help from, you know, backs and tight ends and, and other offensive linemen. And, you know, with, with Clowney and ben Garrett just wreaking havoc from the edges, um, it's, it's just going to give these, the secondary, that's already in a massively improved more time to cover um, and, you know, to be able to shut down these, these wide receivers. And in turn, the longer that those guys shut down the, the wide receivers, these guys are going to be picking up the sacks. And I think, you know, Clowney hasn't had the luxury of, of, of 
really excellent secondary behind him ever in his career. Um, so, and he, you know, one of the reasons why his sack numbers are not great, but you look over the past couple of years, his pass rush grade is in the 90th percentile of all edge rushers. Uh, it's, that's obviously excellent. He's been one of the best run defenders at the edge position as well. So, you know, you're talking about my, what we know, all know what Miles Garrett can do. Browns fans have been watching him for three years now and, and see on a day-to-day basis how quickly he can affect games. And you just add another guy like that that's also super dynamic in the run game. I mean, it's going to be fun watching these guys play on Sundays. Yeah, and, and you know, as much as you know, everybody really, really liked Olivier Vernon, um, Jadamian Clowney is similar in that respect, but yet so much more longer athletic. So, I mean, it has the potential to make for a really, really fun time. Um, you know, some injuries, you know, Ronnie Harrison, uh, Grant Elpit, you wonder, you know, if the hamstring is maybe part of, you know, trying to offset, you know, coming back from the Achilles, maybe a little bit understandable. Anthony Walker out. Um, and here we are again, you know, the Mac Wilson. We, we, we've danced this dance every summer and it always seems like, well, let's get to the point where we're actually playing real games and we'll see where that's at because, you know, it, it's hard not to want to see Mac Wilson make it, but we've just seen two years of, you know, so much of it where it's just not worked out. Um, so some questions there, you know, Greedy Williams is certainly, you know, after a year away has had some issues here. Um, but you get to see Jeremiah Wusu-Koromoa today, and it was just quick, dynamic, fluid, and some of it may be, yeah, he doesn't know what the hell he's doing yet. But the mentality of, you know what, if you don't know what you're doing yet, do it 100 million miles an hour. And that's the type of, and that Tasmanian devil type of thing, and where you can just say, hey, him, hit him as hard as you can. And you think that certainly exists with a type of guy like this, but it's been fun starting to learn some of these guys, but also understanding it's certainly going to take a little time to marinate before it, you know, all resonates together where this defense can reach the heights where on paper, it really looks like it's capable of. Yeah. um, Full disclosure. I have not watched the the scrimmage from today at all yet, Um, but I, I, I will probably tomorrow, but the, you know, obviously the injuries that are coming out of, you know, come from camp, that's kind of normal with every team. And it's just kind of be unfortunate that, the, you know, the, it's hitting, you know, potential starters for the Browns. Right. But it is what it is. And you just kind of have to it's next man up mentality type stuff. And so, so look, as long you as know, you're not hearing season threatening and look, if it's a week to two weeks, whatever, I mean, it's still August 8th or whatever, for God's sakes, when we're recording this, that's fine. It takes a while to get back in and acclimated, but, but for now, knock on wood, you know, good things as far as the injury front's concerned. Right. It, preseason first game hasn't even been played, right? So it's like we're we're early. Not that we're these guys early. are gonna not the not that the meat and bones of this is gonna see many reps in it anyway. So Right, exactly. But you know, you're talking about J O K. Um coming out of college, he's a guy that obviously when you pulled on the tape, he just he plays fast, he's explosive, he hits people hard. I think that's the thing that a lot of people liked uh, from him, from his tape, is because he just he plays really fast and he has that aggressive mentality, which is a great, you know, aspect to have. It's a big, great trait to have. But um, one of the things that was a concern coming out was 
he didn't know what he was doing all the time. He was he was played a specific role at the Notre Dame defense, and he would off you know sometimes you'd see well, where's he going on this play. Um, you know he'd be supposed to be playing in the curl flat, and he's out there in in, in the hook, um, you know st- stuff like that. But really, if he's a guy that you know if he's screwing up and he's playing, you know he's going to blow somebody up at a hundred percent. You know that's great, and that you know you're going to learn. Hopefully he learns and he figures out this defense. And this defense is not a, a simple defense to learn. It's a pretty complex defense that Joe Woods wants to run. So um, if JOK can can come into his own and he can they can groom him and be that that guy, I'm not going to say he's, he should be a day one starter, but um, you know he he has that potential to be a super impactful player on on defense um, where you know, you, you have a need at that position where he's, he is at that will linebacker position, or maybe you call him the, the dime, dime backer, whatever it is that you want to call it, call him that he plays. Um, but yeah, he's, you know, reports of obviously him flying around and, and looking, looking like what everybody thinks he is. But again, we got to play games first to really know what, what it is we have in him and how, how good on a consistent basis he can be. Most certainly. Um, now, Nick Chubb, obviously the extension there in the bag. Nick Chubb going to be in the fold here for a while. Um, I, I could care less where the talks with Baker Mayfield are going. Just real quick, John, Denzel Ward, maybe next up. Certainly worth it. Yeah. Um, Nick Chubb, Nick Chubb's extension is a good one. I think it's, it's, it's a team friendly one. And I think that, um, you know, you're talking three years, 36 million, but only 20 guaranteed. It's pretty much stealing. You're talking about the sixth highest paid running back, and he's probably the top second or third best running back in the NFL. So you you're kind of getting a steal there in terms of what it is on a play on a on a, on a you know per year basis or you know for for running back position. And it's not a huge extension. You're not like married to him for for five six years. What you see in a normal contract. So while do I want to pay running backs? Not really, but, you know, I, I think Nick Chubb is the type of guy that you do want in your locker room. And yeah, I, think I would say that Denzel Ward is probably up next, but, um, again, I think we, Browns could, should be able to get him at a discount as well because he can't stay healthy. But if you can sign him and, and expect 12, 13 games out of him a year and have a contract that's, you know, more conducive to that, whereas, you know, it's gar- not guaranteed fully, you know, it's guaranteed only because of playtime, then, you know, you, you have depends on how that's set up and everything like that. But he's obviously a you know top ten cornerback in this league when healthy. So um, they they he is a guy that they should be looking to, to lock up long term uh, next probably. Not a hole they need to create. No. He is PFF senior analyst John Costco along with others. Um, get to be that time of the year where we get to start arguing over everything <laughs> that comes out of the PFF landscape. Yes. Uh, make sure you're following at John Costco three. Um, the show itself, uh, whether it is iTunes, whether it's Spotify, whether it's Aussie, make sure you are subscribed or following the Locked On Browns podcast. Uh, ratings, written reviews. Let's get those going here, folks. Please, let's go. It's about that time of the year here. Uh, me personally, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Uh, throw a follow over there. DMs are open, as you guys know. The show itself, Locked On Browns. Follow back account. DMs are open over there as well. Um, we're going to get through it here this week. We got a game to cover coming up this weekend. It's coming tomorrow. If you listen to this Monday morning, it is literally game week, folks, and there is no better time ever. This has been your daily delivery of all things all cloud. LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.